Welcome back to Bold of You to Say. We're back with another episode. This one is a, it's a review episode. We're doing, we do movie reviews sometimes. We're going to talk about my favorite movie. This week we covered the 1999 hit, The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser and I assume other people. <laughs> I mean, really, you come to this movie, what else do you want from it? It's just Brendan Fraser yelling at sand for an hour. Um, but before we got into the, uh, the summary and review, we talked a little bit about Spider-Man and whether or not he's a super soldier. Talked a bit about some of the weirder parts of the lore. There will be timestamps listed out down below so you can skip to whatever topic you'd like. If you want to skip the Spider-Man section or if you you only want to hear about our thoughts, uh, generally speaking, about the movie. Or if you just only want to hear our recommendations of the week. If you're a crazy person that doesn't want to listen to the whole thing. uh, We don't mind a download as a download. And, uh, you know, subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Follow us on social media. That'll all be linked down below. Friend Jared on Xbox and or Steam. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me on TikTok. Follow me home. And, uh, yeah, let's just, uh, let's just get into it. You know how pretty much, like, half of the characters in the MCU are just an attempt to to recreate Captain America? Yeah. Like, you know, Hulk, like, that's just, like, you know, super soldier serum, but with gamma rays. And yeah. there's probably others, but, you know, a lot of characters in the MCU are just an attempt to uh, to recreate, you know, the super soldier serum that made Captain America. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't really, like think about this until recently but you know spider-man's origin is never really delved into i mean you get like a little bit of it like you know he was bitten by a spider like that's pretty much it in the mcu yeah in the mcu so you know i i don't know if this is a a theory or more just an observation but uh, i thought it's worth exploring the idea that you know maybe the uh the spider that bit peter parker was an attempt to to recreate Captain America, but you know instead of using gamma rays or vita rays, they just used you know spiders. Well, yeah, no, isn't that like in the comics? Isn't that though basically what they were doing though with the spiders and how Green Goblin also came to be is that they were failed super soldiers kind of thing, like they were experimenting yeah. on the animals and shit. Yeah, basically. So I uh, I posted. Uh, you know, a short video on TikTok, you know, basically saying like, hey, you know, what, what if Spider-Man is, uh, you know, supposed to be a super soldier? And, um, you know, a couple people commented, you know, one person, you know, well, more more than a couple commented, but a, people, a couple of people commented about, you know, how that kind of ties in with the with the the lore in the comics. Yeah. About how, um, you know, originally it wasn't like a genetically altered spider or whatever. Like if you're talking about like amazing fantasy number 15 like it's just a spider that got zapped with some radiation fairly basic but then um later on they started to get into more yeah in the ultimate comics i believe the they they were trying to like basically make super soldiers yeah you know then the 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 spider bit peter and whatever and they were like hey there's uh you know this really strong guy with uh you know spider related themes and abilities it's a a classic boy meets bug story it's it's the age-old tale of boy meets bug bug bites boy boy turns into bug adopt (laughs) boy adopts uh superpowers and uh a naming scheme inspired by a bug boy the tale is all this time 
I like to imagine like when Spider-Man gets bit by the spider and then like they swap brains. It's like, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I you know, thought about it a, a little bit, you know, in the in the last couple days. And you know how the serum like amplifies like what's inside. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you're if you're if you're a good dude, then you're gonna become like an awesome dude. If you're like, you know, Steve Rogers. And if you're an asshole like John Walker, you're going to become a, a liability to the U.S. military. Damn. But, um, you know, let's just say that uh, your uncle was uh, recently killed because of your inaction. Yeah. Then I mean, you would feel guilty about that. Like, normally a person would feel guilty, but, you know... The and you know this is just like I, I don't know like how strongly I you know believe in this, but you know what it, you know, it's possible that the serum sort of like amplified or you know that's, you know the spider bite whatever the the super soldier juice, uh, amplified Peter's sense of like guilt juice. and responsibility. You know, just something to think about. With and, big uh, bugs come big power. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, with great power comes great responsibility down to a biological level. No, no, no. Everyone knows that the real quote was people have the moral obligation to do things to help others if they have <laughs> if the you, ability to do so. Have, <laughs> if you have the ability to do something and you don't and you don't do the thing, <laughs> then the thing is going to happen. And you're going to feel real bad about it. Man, I'll remember that, Uncle Ben. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my Uncle Ben, my Uncle Ben always told me, if you have the ability to do something, uh, if you have, if you have, if you can, if you can um, help, if you can help people, <laughs> um, but you, you're able to do it, but you like, you don't want to, like, you don't feel like it, then you know, if someone else does something and it's, and it's a bad thing and they have the ability to do it, but, and you have the ability to, to not, to make them not do it. Uh, Look, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I forgot what he used to tell me. He said, my uncle Ben (laughs) always, he said a lot of things very poorly. (laughs) Do I remember anything? No. Now I wrote this in the in the show notes, and I see that you have uh, italicized <laughs> it, b- bolded it, and uh, made it red. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that's uh, an, an indication that uh, you, you like really it. you really like it. Um, <laughs> what I wrote down is, you know, makes about as much sense as the spider totem. Something that we have uh, clowned about uh, quite a bit. Maybe not so much on the show, but definitely just, you know, talking about Spider-Man. Jared, do you want to explain the spider totem? Just, just so we so, have like a baseline for ridiculous things in Spider-Man lore. So like if, you know, if you don't necessarily agree with what I say about, you know, it being a super soldier thing, whatever, like at least yeah. it's not the most ridiculous thing you'll hear about Spider-Man. So in the one of the greatest comic book crossovers, they had a crossover with Spider-Man and himself. Uh, so it's called the Spider-Verse. Everyone knows this. They had a really good movie, which they omitted this part from because, you know, it's stupid. So what it is, is 
there's a group of like vampire guys that are trying to kill Spider-Man because they want to get something that's inside of every Spider-Man. And it's this thing called the spider totem. And what it is, is basically some people are born with the ability to become Spider-Man if it's activated. Which means Peter Parker wasn't just an everyday guy. Ooh, pardon me. He was predestined to be Spider-Man. Which is kind of dumb. But, uh... That's only cool of you to say. So what the spider totem is, is it's this thing that makes people into Spider-Man. But, like, at the same time, it doesn't count, because in the sequel, Spider-Verse 2, where uh, Doc Ock is one of the Spider-Men, he, uh, this requires more elaboration. So there's a point in time where Doc Ock was Spider-Man. He took over Peter's body. Yeah, this was the uh, Superior Spider-Man run. One of my favorite runs because it's Spider Man. It's it's called Superior Spider Man. I don't. I'm. I'm. That's not me saying they use the Superior adaptation. As an average, as a, a avid Doc Ock fan, it was the Superior uh, Spider Man in my book. I will. It will never be not. <laughs> Full disclosure: <laughs> I've I've never actually uh, read any of the uh, the issues in that art. Uh, it's a great comic up until you get to the weird love arc Doc Ock has with like another kid's Peter's age. Because Doc Ock is yeah. still like a forty year old, but like you know he's in Peter Parker's Definitely body. Older than forty. Like I don't think any of the adaptations have been younger than like sixty. Yeah, it's now, a Alfred weird Molina. Thing. Alfred Molina is a young sixty, but the character is still like definitely sixty. Yeah. But it's a weird arc, though. Like, I love Superior Spider-Man, but I always thought that was a weird thing. Like, I get what they were going for it, but man, it just doesn't feel right. It's like Doc Ock's thirsting after this young Twitch thought, and it's like, what? <laughs> Doc Ock, cool yourself off, man. You're like 80. Now, what, what, would, what, what, what would be worse, do you think? That or, you know, because they switched bodies, Peter Peter's mind got put into... Uh, Otto Octavius's body and you know of course the body died or whatever but like if the body survived like if he was like a healthy and he's still dating you know MJ. whatever whatever age no no what like what if he was you know Peter was in Doc Ock's body and he's like fuck yeah I can go gilf hunting now oh what would you what would you dread reading more I I don't know I on I honestly I don't know which one would be worse both sounds terrible. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, so back to the Spider Totem thing, though. Doc Ock then decided because he liked being Spider Man. It was like this weird thing where it's like there's a clone of Doc Ock, but he like remembers the shit that happened and stuff. So what he does is he has his own baby. So Hold he on, makes what? It, I told you about this. So what he does, he steals Peter Parker's DNA and some of his own. And he creates an artificial person, and he transfers his brain into that person, thus becoming Spider-Man Doc Ock. And, like, this weird hybrid of the two characters. I think his name's, like, the Superior Octopus. He joins Hydra for a bit, but he's not oh, really with Hydra. I think I know Hydra. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming this body is, like, aged up a bit. Like, he's not hopping no. into, like, a newborn. It is aged up, but it's aged up to Peter Parker's age. Okay. So Doc Ock becomes his weird, like, Otto Octavius, Peter Parker, love child. Yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. So then, uh, then Spider-Verse 2 happens and Doc Ock's there. He's the one that starts to bring them all together. 
And uh, everyone's got a totem except for him, but he still has Spider-Man superpowers. And it's just confusing because it's like, I thought you needed the spider totem for it. But I guess not really if you're some weird, freaky fan fiction love child. But then it so, even gets worse because so then there's like the, Silk. Uh, the, the love child, it has uh, Spider-Man's powers, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. It's got the same abilities as Spider-Man. Like, it's super strength and stuff. It doesn't have the web shooters, because, you, you know, that's not of a power. Of course, it's patented. Yeah. The, the web shooters started off as a equipment, went to being organic, then went back to being equipment. And so Doc yeah. Ock doesn't yeah, have wasn't web it shooters. After, uh, wasn't it after One More Day, when they became organic, which came out, of course, around the time of the, the Sam Raimi movies, because they wanted it to, you know, they wanted some, like, uh, cohesion with the uh i think it was an ultimate thing oh you know i think i I, like now that you mentioned i think i can remember like seeing a panel where it's like ultimate peter parker he's like hey i got you know squirty wrists yes he's the exact thing he uses to describe it yeah i'm but they might have been reading the the thing right now I'm, i'm reading the panel it says hey i got squirty things it might have. It, I think it actually. It, the, the weird thing with Spider Man and normal Marvel is that they keep changing the timeline so often that it is very possible that um uh, they did do that in the six one six universe, which is the mainline timeline. So uh, yeah, they probably did. I just don't remember it, but I do remember Ultimate Spider Man. I could have sworn that was the one that. I will um, very much had the organic stuff. Yeah, I will uh, link a video from Nerd Sync, great channel. Uh, totally recommend checking out all of their content. But I will link a video from Nerd Sync. Saving the link right now. It's about the history of Spider-Man's uh, like webbing, like web shooters in the uh, in the comics. He's so go check that out after you listen to this episode. I want to talk about this though, because the way that they do it to give them the powers, like. Uh, yeah, well, I remember this. It wasn't six oh, yeah, six. They, they did give them. They did give them organic ones because they had to turn them. They had to somehow figure out how it would work. Yeah, and they so turned the him idea, into a giant spider, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Madam Web talks to him and says, "I'm going to give you an upgrade." Turns him into a giant spider that then dies and then gives birth to himself. And that's of all like, the ways <laughs> to get a stat upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> if this was a video game, I would never level up again. <laughs> God is a horrible, horrible image to think about. (laughs) Peter Parker turns into a giant bug, dies, then gives birth to himself. Is there even like an in-universe reason for this? Like, is Madam Web like, hey, you know, you're you're cool and all. Like, your 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 powers are awesome, right? Like, you're I don't remember a good job out there fighting crime. But I mean, your numbers have been dipping. You're just you're not cutting it anymore. I gotta turn you into a giant spider. Whatever the reason was for it, it wasn't as shocking as the whole I'm going to turn into a big bug die then give birth to myself part. Right. Because I can't remember anything beyond Madam Web turned Peter into a big ass bug that died and then gave birth to itself. I'd like to believe that <laughs> she just did uh, the goal and giggles. <laughs> The goal was to just replace Spider-Man with a giant man-eating spider. But then it just happened to, like, give birth to Peter and Madam Web was like, ah, exactly as planned. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
all has uh, transpired as I uh, as I have foreseen. But there's just a lot of weird things that they're doing. I want to get into this now. I know that we have other stuff to do, but I want to talk about this a bit while we're on Spider-Man. Yeah, we can go uh, a few more minutes on this. A weird thing that they keep doing with Spider-Man and his antagonist is they keep, like, putting more spiritual shit into it. And, like... Yeah, that's a weird... Like, for example... That's a weird trend. All of the symbiotes, uh, they come from a planet, but they're also the children of the god of symbiotes named Null. And it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> so is is that character a god? Because I, I know like yeah, a little bit Yeah, he is the god about... of symbiotes. No. Like, he's an actual deity. Okay. In, like, the Marvel pantheon. He's, like, he, See, like, represents destruction and shit. That's why the symbiotes are also, like, you know, rabid and crap. See, that's they... exactly what I was talking about in our <laughs> Spider-Man 3 review. That's exactly what I was talking about when I said that there's too many implications when the symbiote comes from space. Yeah. Like, the original idea was that they're just aliens. And then some guy's like, you know, we need a new big bad. What if we made God? <laughs> yeah. It's like, like it's a cool so story weird. arc. Like, it was a cool story arc having, like, the big new big bad and all the symbiote shit that goes on. It was a nice send off for some of the characters. But at the same time, it's like, this is fucking insane. <laughs> they went from aliens to, like, Demons, I guess? I don't know what to call them. Half-gods? It's a very confusing yeah. time. Hey, these are um, these are confusing times. That's my best planet, or uh, Professor Hulk impression. Yeah. <laughs> these are confusing times. Dab. <laughs> but, uh, but it's just like, I don't understand why they're doing it with Spider-Man, because it makes more sense with other characters, like Moon Knight, whose whole thing is all about gods and shit. Like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe have him deal with, like, some horrible god. Give him like more attention. Ghost Rider. Yeah. Or, like, uh, it, even Iron Man, it makes more sense. I'm just say, thinking, though, it's just like, why are you doing this to Spider-Man? His powers were pretty, like, normal at first. And now it's just all weird shit. Like, they even had Moon Knight come in to explain spider totems to them. And it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Imagine you're you're 15 years old, right? We've all been there, uh, yeah. statistically speaking. And you get bitten by a radioactive or genetically modified or you know, some form, some variation of uh, an altered spider. And that spider uh, bestows upon you uh, heightened abilities and uh, you, know, you can stick to walls and stuff. Yeah. Now imagine you're in that situation. And someone who's a bit more in the know uh, explains to you, okay, so there's this, like, spider totem and a god that you're going to have to fight. And you're like, I, 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 I thought this was a lesson about responsibility. No, no, this is a, no, you're fighting a deity. My favorite part, though, is I love Moon Knight. He's one of my favorite darker heroes in the Marvel Universe because this is, the, like, He's the character that helps people with the spiritual shit because he's like uh, the avatar of some old Egyptian god and shit. But he's also fucking batshit insane. He's got multiple personality disorder, uh, schizophrenia, and a bunch of other shit. 
Yeah, so, I think I've heard of that. I know very little about Moon Knight as a character. I love Moon Knight. I hope that he he's gets like, his own movie or something. I do, too. He's such a fucking great character. Every personality has their own, well, like, character to them. And they change, like, how Moon Knight operates and shit. And, like, I fucking love him so much. He's just such a doll. But, uh, no, the thing is, though, he's also the guy that's known for peeling people's faces off in the backs of alleyways. So this guy like you approaches do. you, this 15-year-old you're talking about, and it's like, by the way, you have to kill God, and then leaves. <laughs> so, like, like everyone knows this is what this guy does. <laughs> so. Right. You just kind of sit there like, uh, oh, why? <laughs> Life just got more confusing. But yeah, no, I just want them to stop making like weird, like Spider-Man fight God and just focus on the character whose whole thing is he fights God. Yeah. It's like, I love Moon Knight, but like he, they've had him fight the entire Egyptian pantheon, I believe. And now he just kind of sits around, does nothing. And it makes me sad. Where's the love for Moonlight? Moon Knight? Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things about Marvel as a whole is it has the same like it has the same thing as Indiana Jones where every like, religion is real. Yeah, it encapsulates <laughs> so many like mythologies and all of them are like the correct one. My favorite thing is when they made uh they actually had the Illuminati as a group and it's the fucking like Avengers like prime kind of shit. It's all yeah, the smart it's like, people. <laughs> And yeah, it's like, like yeah, Tony Stark and now. Reed Richards. Tony and, like, Stark, Professor Reed X. Richards, Professor X, and I think Doctor Strange, and they're like parts of the Illuminati. There's a couple other ones, I think. But it's mostly like the smartest people in the universe. And it's like, wow. It's just the white guys with the biggest egos. Yeah. I mean, Professor X doesn't have a big ego. Hmm. He's down to earth uh, Maybe not outwardly. Well, then again, he did make a giant room just so he could spy on everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that's not something that a humble person does. I mean, to be fair, so he could find more mutants. Right. But you know he probably spies on people in his free time. Like, I wonder what Christopher Anderson's doing. Yeah, well, you know what they say about, like, absolute power. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know I don't, but... I'm assuming you do. Yeah. Uh, with absolute power comes a moral obligation to use that power to do good things. Thank you, Uncle Ben. That wasn't absolutely <laughs> the worst way to say those those words. You know, in, in this week's episode of uh, two Captain America boys sharing a shield and fighting crime, I want I want Sam and or Bucky to be like, you know. You know, being around Steve so much, I, I learned one lesson from him. And that is when you have the ability to do a thing, <laughs> but you uh, but you uh, choose not to do the thing, you have a moral responsibility to to do that to do that thing. But if you don't, then you should feel really bad about it. No, you can't say responsibility. It has to be obligation. Because if you oh, say did I say responsibility? If you say responsibility, it'll make people say, why didn't they just say the other thing? Yeah, I I have an obligation to do the thing that I I don't want to I don't want to do it, but I'm but I, I gotta because it's like <laughs> really important. 
Have you seen the last I, episode? I have the power. Have you seen last week's episode? Last Friday's episode of uh, episode five. Uh, it's the one. I think it's the one called Truth. Yeah, whichever one just came out. Yeah, I I, I watch them on the day they come out. Imagine like the scene where Bucky is talking to Sam and like Sam's using the shield and they're like, he just turns to him and is like, hey, Sam, I need to tell you something. And he just fucking regurgitates that line. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you know, this shield means a lot of things to a lot of people. And to me, this shield represents that when you have the ability to do something <laughs> and you don't do the thing, you have the and people get hurt. You have, you have a moral, moral obligation, obligation to make to, sure the thing happens and you have to be the one that does it or or stops it, depending on the situation. Sam just like look just grabs Bucky's shoulder, looks him in the eyes. Bucky, go get some help. You know <laughs> after after, you know, everything that happened and you know, trying to get all the winter soldier programming out of me. When I was when I was in Wakanda, they taught me a very valuable lesson. <laughs> a very valuable but lengthy lesson. <laughs> it took like fifteen minutes to to finish the sentence. Uh, to be honest, but here's an it excerpt was very from important. it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole episode is just I, like if like if you're if you can, like you like I'm not saying you gotta, but like you really should. <laughs> it's like they they explained this to me in such beauty and grace that I hope I can capture by just repeating it word from word. I want I want a <laughs> I want a libertarian Spider-Man that's just like look, I I have an obligation to to protect my property and nothing else. Uh with great power uh comes great property rights. <laughs> Isn't that what evil Peter it's Parker was? Emo Peter Parker. Peter was? Parker, but he learns all of the wrong lessons. It's like you're right, Uncle Ben. That's why I started stealing from the banks to give to you and Aunt May. If uh, only, what? you know, when that when that guy robbed the uh, the guy took all the money. You know, I let him get away, and then he went on to kill Uncle Ben. And I Maybe learned I a very valuable lesson people. from that. I learned a very valuable lesson. I should have stopped him and taken the money. <laughs> <laughs> Libertarian Spider-Man. Spider-Man learns the wrong lesson from that. Man, I should have stopped that. When that guy, he went and he killed Uncle Ben. From now on, whenever I see someone breaking the law, I'm going to execute them on the spot. <laughs> Just becomes the Punisher. Yeah, basically. He just walks up to a bunch of criminals like, hey, we're going to steal this lady's purse. Just rips his head off like a fucking Mortal Kombat fatality. <laughs> you know, out of all of the reasons to not like, you know, Batman or Spider-Man or any superhero killing out of, out of all out of all the reasons to dislike any any superhero killing people. Uh, the, you know, the most important one is that if you have, you know, let's just say you have Spider-Man. And, uh, you know, he, 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 he kills criminals or, yeah. <laughs> you know, Captain America or Iron Man, whoever that kind of defeats the purpose of the Punisher. Yeah. It's like, and wait, like, that's, that's his what whole I thing. That's, that's like his one personality trait. He kills people. Like I, I, I kill people. 
I got a skull on my chest. And like, yeah, you know, the morals and stuff too, but like, come on, we got we gotta keep the Punisher relevant. <laughs> yeah, that's his one gimmick. Like at least Spawn, who's got like a similar thing to the Punisher, he he's a hell spawn. You know, so. my Uncle Ben taught me a very valuable lesson. Execute if you, people if you without have jurisdiction. The, if you have the ability to do uh something and you and you uh and you don't you know and you do it, but the person that did the the, the initial thing, uh if you if you if if you if you do a thing and he dies, then you just stole the punisher's job. <laughs> yeah. The Punisher's unemployed. He just goes after Spider-Man now. It's like, you took everything from me. Killing criminals was all I had left. So now I have to kill you. And Spider-Man's like, but wait, doesn't that mean your life has new purpose? He's like, you're right. If I don't kill you, I'll have the purpose to try and kill you. And make a deal. On weekends, he has to try and kill Spider-Man, but Spider-Man's got a week to prepare for it. So that's just Craven. That's just, that's Craven's job. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the Punisher really doesn't have a, a a purpose outside of killing, does he? Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> like it, he was a Vietnam. So, oh no, I'm sorry, they and, changed that. It's no people, longer Vietnam. And people don't understand that he's supposed to be a tragic character. Yeah, not someone that you look up to. Yeah. He's like Spawn. Spawn's not a good guy. Spawn's just a guy with the roughest fucking life. Like if you and also unlife. Like if you if you see like a police car and it has the the Punisher logo on it, uh, fucking plan your funeral right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> because the guy driving that car and it yes, it's a guy. He he is out for blood. <laughs> Any criminal I see today is gonna get the Glock. <laughs> I mean, it's it's sad. It's sad that so many like cops and military people are like, oh fuck yeah, I love the love the Punisher. The Punisher's so cool. Oh yeah, he kills people. That's what I want to do. That's, and it's that's, like, oh, you you don't get it. You don't get the character. That's what my one job even the, is. Even the creator of the Punisher is like, fucking stop. <laughs> stop like you look it, like please. a bunch of LARPing nerds. Out of all the characters you could LARP, you had to pick the Punisher. Yeah. But anyway, we passed the half hour mark. We should get into the uh, main topic for today's episode. Oh, yes, please. A uh, review of the uh, the 1999 adventure, action adventure smash hit. The Mummy. One of the greatest movies of all time. Yep. So <laughs> normally, normally, uh, like for our Spider-Man 3 review, you know, we would we would usually, uh, you know, give a summary of the movie and then get into like criticisms or whatever. But I honestly didn't really have much in terms of like. Criticism? Like, well, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really have anything. Because like, oh, it's this, the this needs to be changed. Movie. It really is like it. <laughs> Like it's not like Citizen I Kane. Fucking told or you, like, it is a great fucking movie. <laughs> like it's not like The Godfather. Like oh, this is the height of cinema, but it's not fucking trying to be. It knows that, exactly that is, what it is, and it has fun with it, and I fucking love it. 
And that is what's missing from movie discussion uh, in this current age. If if a movie is exactly what it's trying to be, and it does it well, that's that's a good movie. Like even if yeah. you don't necessarily like it, like you can't you can't say like oh you know I don't like action adventure so this unapologetic action adventure movie isn't good. Like oh you're just not fun. You're not a fun person. You're you're just not fun to be around. Like people people despise your presence and they dread interacting with you. If you if you say if you say the mummy is bad. Now the Tom Cruise ones, I haven't seen those. No. So feel feel free to trash on those. I'm assuming they're bad. Uh but the nineteen ninety nine mummy starring Brendan Fraser is an utter masterpiece i have another movie before we go on to talking about the mummy this is you know actually i'll save it for recommendation of the week all right yeah just uh add it as a a bullet point and uh we'll get into that after the after the review so what i was thinking we would do with this one is just kind of just kind of give like a summary of it i i wrote down basically the order of events with you know uh, any you know other notes that i took regarding like you know the quality or you know nitpicks or whatever so let's just uh let's just jump right into it so the movie opens and by the way did you watch the movie alex this is a movie i've seen hundreds if not thousands of times it's engraved into my mind all right i will uh I will this movie that. traumatized me as a kid <laughs> I, so i think i remember it <laughs> So the uh, the movie opens with a sweeping shot of uh, of ancient Egypt. Uh, you get you know a, a narration exposition dump. There's a there's a pharaoh as there usually is in ancient Egypt, and yep. he has a, a girlfriend or slash mistress, whatever. What yeah, I don't know if they want to put labels on it, but Anaksunanam. Uh, she I will not remember that name. Anak Sunanam, Sunamon. It's it's a hard name because it's Egyptian. So the pharaoh's girlfriend <laughs> cheats on him uh, with the high priest. So you know she gets killed twice, and uh, you know the the high priest uh, the high priest and his posse uh, get Emotep. killed and hmm? uh, Emotep. That's the name of the high priest. Sure. So I'm sorry. He and his he, he and his posse <laughs> get killed in possibly the the worst imaginable way. Like like not even Guantanamo Bay would dream of of this uh, style of execution. They get mummified alive. Yeah. Except but first, for I want to mention. <laughs> first, I want to mention this is like secretly a feminist story. At least this opening sequence. Oh yeah, like like you go, girl. Like don't don't let any man tie you down. Don't you like he like if if you're if you're with a man, he does not own you. Okay, and you if you want to be like, hey, I I don't want to, I don't I don't like where this is going. You know, you I don't like having to walk around mostly naked, painted with gold. <laughs> you, know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to deal with that. So I don't like go, being girl. painted gold. Why did you do this to me? It, yeah, it's weird that everyone has like a gold veneer on them in this in this society. It's it's because they're rich. But anyway, yeah. So 
the uh, the priest the high the high priest and his uh slightly less high like lower priests uh the lower priests get mummified alive which is horrible be, yeah that, that's probably the uh, top number one worst way to die which by the way like being mummified alive i feel like it undersells it honestly until later in the movie like it doesn't go into like the process like when you when you get mummified like the process involves basically like you know it mentions later in the movie but yeah you remove the brain through the nose uh, you remove mm-hmm. the abdominal organs through a slit in the torso and you completely dry the whole body yeah now you're not gonna live through the whole thing but you're gonna live through enough of that that like it's yeah. horrible <laughs> it's horrible and that and, uh, wasn't the main punishment. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, by the side note about the whole mummification thing, like, aside from it being, like, horrible and horrible, painful, it's not really something, like, you know, just nitpicking. Like, this isn't, this doesn't, like, make the movie worse, but, you know, just a, a nitpick worth mentioning is that this, you know, obviously, factually, it was never used as a punishment, and it never would be, uh, because it's... Like, this is, like, a deeply entwined, like, religious practice yeah. in, in ancient Egyptian culture. And it was, like, you know, aside from it being, like, religiously significant, it was honestly just really expensive and time-consuming. So only, like, royalty and, like, the wealthy elite got mummified. Yeah. And, like, you know, we like we mentioned um, in the Spider-Man thing, like, you know, certain certain franchises do this thing where, like, Every mythology that's represented is the correct one, like Indiana Jones and this movie, where it's like, oh, we have this uh, ancient culture. Oh, their religion is the correct one. Yeah. So, like, everything that Egyptians believe about, like, the afterlife is correct. So, like, what's the plan here? Like, I get with the main guy, like, we're going to get to his thing in a minute, but, like, the thing with him is like they put a curse on him where you know he's basically like undead forever. He doesn't get to go on to the afterlife. But mummifi- mummifying the other guys like that ensures that they do go on to the afterlife. Yeah, it's basically just because like they read how bad it, that is, and so like oh this would make a horrible torture. So that's what they did. Yeah, the writers of the movie, of course, they were just including whatever seemed like you know the brutal. most brutal. Yeah, but like. In in universe, like it does, uh, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense as a punishment. In universe, it's just so we can have mummies in the movie called The Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, another nitpick when um in the in this opening sequence, the uh, the pharaoh's girlfriend kills herself before you know the royal guards can get to her. Yeah. And the high priest, you go, girl, takes her body. Yeah. What the the thing that the high priest and his you know, lower priests get in trouble for is, uh, you know, fucking the Pharaoh's girlfriend and also trying to bring her back to life with this like Necronomicon kind of book. Yeah. Uh, and, the book uh, of the dead, you know, the, the narration mentions like, yeah, you know, he put her on the altar, had her vital organs in jars, uh, laying laid, laid next to her body. Then it's like, oh, and he tried to do the thing and it didn't work because the people interrupted him. Or maybe she didn't come back to life because her vital organs were sitting in jars next to her. I don't know. <laughs> Watch as that's what it was. <laughs> I said the words right. What the fuck? Imagine you bring your your mistress back to life and she's like, 
Honey, where's my lugs? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> Honey, why is my lower intestine in that jar over there? Why is my intestine in that jar that my, my mom gave to us? You know, the one with the Anubis head on it? Honey, why is there a distinctly hollow feeling in my skull? And why is there a jar with what appears to be a human brain sitting next to me? What did you do to me? <laughs> what part of this plan seemed like a good idea to you? All of it. <laughs> Typ typical man. This whole plan made sense to me. So, so yeah. So anyway, the the bad the the the, the guy, uh, the high priest, gets punished. His the thing that happens to him, he doesn't get mummified alive. He gets a curse put on him. Where and I then guess he's they cut mummified alive. They, yeah, they put a curse on him called. Oh, uh, they also fill his casket with the uh, the scarab beetles. Right. Uh, the the Hamdai. That's the name of the curse they put on him. Yep. So basically, what it does is, you know, they they wrap him up like a mummy and they put him in a sarcophagus. And he, you know, they bury him alive, of course. But the curse prevents him from, like, passing on to the afterlife. But it also does extra things. And this is the thing that yeah. bothers me about the movie. It gives him super strength, super speed, the power to cause plagues and bring about the end of the world and all this other shit. It's like, why are you giving him this this status buff? yeah it's such a weird thing like i understand like the half of the curse that's like oh he doesn't get to go to egyptian heaven like i get that but like i feel like the trade-offs are so like like the the trade-off is he doesn't get to he doesn't get to go to to egyptian heaven but, but he's you know, essentially evil dig, superman yeah if anyone digs him up he will be invincible and he will go on a murderous rampage uh, yeah, I'm comfortable with the decisions I've made up to this point. <laughs> it's like you get to become essentially a god among men. Oh, now one huh. thing that's mentioned in in the uh, the narration is that if if the if the mummy from the mummy is dug up and they uh you know release his body or whatever like. It'll unleash the ten biblical plagues upon the earth, mm -hmm. and when it mentioned unleashing a plague, I you know it's just like, like hold he on, caused COVID. Did did the mummy cause COVID? Now, Alex, you want to hear something even more fucky wucky? What? A year, uh, I think like a couple months before COVID hit, they dug up a mummy's tomb and opened oh, it, God, and like I the remember. inscription on it says something like, "If you open this casket, you will bring about the end of God the world." <laughs> and it's like. Oh shit! Well, the mummy's real guy. Brendan Fraser out of retirement. <laughs> oh god damn it! What a time to be alive! I get to witness the mummy in real time. Oh. So, so anyway, uh, we uh, you know we skip forward to 1923 when this takes place, and it makes me yeah. sad that it takes place here because we'll never get a crossover between. Indiana Jones and Rick O'Connell, Brendan Fraser's character. Oh yeah. Well do this well the sequel takes place at least eight years past this movie, which takes place mostly in nineteen twenty six. Yeah. So that puts them about the time of Indiana, Indiana Jones's, Jones's you know, like first adventures. Yeah, but, but isn't he like a really kid? Like a low like uh, 
No, because like Indiana Jones, like he his whole thing is he's fighting Nazis and stuff too, though. Well, the first movie oh, takes place like in 1936. Then, yeah, uh, Temple yeah, of Doom is a prequel in 1935. I believe it takes place like a yeah. year before. So, like, you know, this would be the 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 sequel would be taking place around the start of Indiana Jones's adventures. So, you know, so while while Burton Fraser's below, like really an old, zero percent chance of of the crossover happening, but um, but it can happen, is what you're saying, it, conceivably. <laughs> We need uh, to make so anyway, this movie. So anyway, 1923, the, the Templars, I mean, the Magi are <laughs> uh, protecting, you know, the guy that, you know, they cursed uh, as a group yeah. it is their fault objectively. So, you know, they're like, hey, we can't let anyone, you know, complete the course of actions that we set in motion. <laughs> And there's a you know a big old battle happening. Uh, Brendan it's, Fraser. Uh, I forget what are they part of. It's the it's not the the UN. It's something else. It's like the foreign, the French Foreign Legion or something like that. It's white guys trying to grave rob it. It's all the same. No no no. Like Brendan Fraser and Benny, they're part of an actual like real world military outfit. And like that was like a a big thing, for like. What was it? What fucking military were they part of? Because it's... I don't know. It's not the same as the old guys, but, like, they know each other from being in that military. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the... I don't know what special forces unit they're in. Special. (laughs) So, yeah, the big old battle happens. Brendan Fraser escapes because he's the main character, of course. Um, after uh, he, he, you forget the part where him and Benny have to like hold the line, and then Benny fucking runs away immediately. Yeah, Benny, or as I call him, cowardly toad. Lion. I uh, love Benny. He's such a great character. He's like, you know, the the head head honcho runs away. He's like, oh, I guess you got promoted, Brendan Fraser. And then the the <laughs> Templars come, you know, charging towards him. And he's like, ah, I'm gonna fuck off too. Yeah. So you know, Brendan Fraser, you know, fights a good fight. Uh, by the way, Brendan Fraser kind of hot. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> but what's not hot is uh, the CGI sand. If, if, at a few points in this movie, there's CGI sand, and uh, let's just say it, the technology went a long way between this movie and Spider-Man Three. The CGI is a bit dated in a lot of the scenes. However, it, it's a lot of dated. the practical effects are great, though. I will say that it doesn't take away from the overall quality of the movie. Yeah. Good old cheesy action movie. Oh, yeah. I fucking love it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then the, the battle happens. Brendan Fraser's like the last one left. And the Templars are like, should we should we kill him? And the head Templar is like, no, let's let him go. He's the main character. The desert will get him anyway. Spoiler alert. It doesn't. It's not just that he's uh he also runs into the uh Hamarapcha, which is the city of the dead where they buried the mummy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, let's not follow this guy as he walks to the thing we're protecting. Yeah, that's an annoying trope in movies. It's it's like um it's like in Star Wars when there's, you know, the one escape pod that that escapes, you know. And it has C-3PO and R2-D2 on it. And the Imperials are like, should we should we shoot it? Man, there's no signs of life. What's the worst that could happen? And then the worst thing happens. I like that trope, though, because it just gives you more incentive to do your job right. 
<laughs> it's a cautionary it's like, tale. This do you want to be a like valuable that lesson. guy? This man not shooting that escape pod is responsible for the single worst terrorist attack to happen in Imperial history. <laughs> you know, this this movie taught me a very valuable lesson. If you have the ability to to shoot an escape pod oh, no. and you don't and you don't shoot that escape pod and then it blows up the Death Star, you have a moral obligation to sh- to shoot the escape pod. Yes, something like that. <laughs> What a what a tale. T- a tale as old as time. <laughs> so anyway, three years pass. We're in 1926 now. And yeah. uh, we get a scene with a uh, you know, librarian lady. She she does the classic librarian uh, library dominoes move. Oh, yeah. And, you know, destroys the entire room. If basically she's responsible for the great fire of Alexandria. <laughs> yes. So bargain bin Tim Curry gets mad at cute librarian lady. So she tells him why she'll be useful later in the plot. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck have you done here? And, and he's like, what do I even keep you around for? And she's like, well, I can read hieroglyphics. And it's like, well, that's a very specific thing to say in this movie about probably reading hieroglyphics later. <laughs> yeah. She's very important to the plot though. Cause oh, spoiler. She's basically the cause for it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so the uh, the librarian lady, she's like, hey, I'm good at reading hieroglyphics. And then the her brother comes in and he's like, I'm the comic relief. He's and also, uh, another thing though, the character Jonathan, he's the biggest asshole in the movie because he's only in it to grave rob. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so a uh, comic relief brother, he finds a treasure map and discount Tim Curry immediately burns it, which... Yeah watching the movie i was like yeah this like i thought it was just from incompetency but luckily later on it's revealed you know he's part of the templar so it's like oh he did it on purpose yeah Uh, you mean the magi yeah whatever (laughs) no they're different i swear (laughs) the magi are cooler they're like fucking like they ride camels and shit and uh so yeah they got curved swords curved swords so we get some uh a little bit more exposition from bargain bin tim curry uh mm-hmm. he's like oh this city it has a lot of gold and people that go to try to find it uh, don't succeed in trying to find it so don't find it <laughs> so the comic relief brother is like hey i have on this map and uh cute librarian lady is like hey uh, where'd you get that and then comic relief brother takes her to to where he got it from uh, they go to this um, this prison or this jail, I guess. And Brendan Fraser gets a reintroduction identical to that of Chewbacca. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they bring him out, he's in chains. He's got a, his hair is all like grown out and mad, and he's growling, <laughs> much like Chewbacca. And so yeah, he's like, "Hey, I went to the I went to the place," and she's like, "Cool, can you can you take me there?" and he sexually assaults her, and then he's like, get me out of here, and uh, I'll take you to the city of gold. And then we're introduced to probably one of my least favorite characters who got the worst thing happened to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't Jabba really the feel Hutt that character. bad for him. <laughs> okay, to be he really fair, is though, like Jabba the Hutt. he's a piece of shit, but that's the worst way to fucking die. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't like, wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> I don't wish that on anyone. Fuck, fuck those Beatles, man. That shit. 
I was one of the scenes that fucked me up as a kid, and it still bothers me to this day. Yeah, I don't know what's worse, that or the scene where they're mummified alive. Yeah. No, see, the mummifying alive thing isn't what fucked with me. It's that, and then the scene with uh, Mr. Barnes, the guy who gets his eyes plucked out. Oh, God. Uh, the first half of this movie is like a fucking horror movie when they enter the pyramid, or the uh, the city. Because it's just yeah. it's just horrible shit after another, and it's... If it's not there, the movie still wouldn't be the same, but a lot of it's just like, if you show this to a little kid, it will probably fuck with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I love this movie, and I will never wish for any part to be omitted from it. So yeah, Brendan Fraser gets into a little tussle, and then they're like, let's kill him. So uh cute librarian lady clearly read Art of the Deal, so... You know, she uses facts and logic to get Brennan Fraser uh, out of, you know, being brutally murdered. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, to be fair, she is negotiating with possibly the worst negotiator. Yeah. Because she's like, uh, we'll give I'll you give 10% you of, what of what we if find. You, she's like, I'll give, you, I'll give you 10%. And he's like, 50%, uh, you know, uh, 35 40 you know third and then he like says an amount lower than what she says and she's like deal yeah he's like fuck all right let him go my favorite part though is i'll give you a hundred pounds for his release and he's like i'll i'll fucking pay you a hundred pounds to kill him it's like what did he do (laughs) what did brendan fraser do (laughs) that's my favorite thing when when like the scoundrel is like yeah he's a scoundrel you know but people are like i will I will chop off my dick if it means that he is killed in the most brutal way possible. It's like, what the fuck did he do to you off screen? It's like, what happened? Something happened here. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Brendan Fraser then meets back up with them at the dock and, you know, he gets a haircut to indicate that he's hot. Cute librarian uh, falls for the lovable scoundrel in a very Leia fashion. They're also introduced to uh, the American party, which is another like archaeologist guy and his bounty hunters. Yeah. Bunch along of assholes. With, along with their guide, a reoccurring character from the beginning of the movie. Cowardly Benny. lion. <laughs> yeah. He shows up again, and it's great. So uh he get so they go uh yeah, they, they go, go on from, a, uh, a boat ride. They can't go one boat ride without having a shootout. I think, is it the Magi that attacked them on the boat ride? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, the remember Templars attack them on the on the boat to try to get the, to try to retrieve the map and the key. God, I hate that you keep doing that. <laughs> I what? know that they're basically you, the same, but come triggered? on, man. Are you triggered? Magi just sounds cooler. It's, it's debatable. Damn. So yeah, they uh they they crash the fucking boat, so they lose pretty much everything. So you know they go to like the nearest town, cute librarian gets a new outfit to to indicate that she's hot, and uh, <laughs> they get some camels, the horses of the desert, and uh, take a road trip to Sand Atlantis. Oh, so at this point the group has split up. By the way, too. Yeah. The uh, the the asshole Americans have gone their their own way, and the ragtag group of protagonists have gone there. And own the way. Uh, the Jabba the Hutt guy, he also is with them. Oh yeah, he, yeah, Jabba the Hutt's there too. He wants his money. No one out Jabba's the Hutt. 
Except for bugs, apparently. God. The the ragtag group of protagonists then run into the asshole Americans again, and we get a they're digging in the wrong place moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in Indiana Jones, when it's like these these fucking idiots, they they think they know where they're going, and you know this, the the heroes talking. Yeah. These fucking idiots. They think they know what they're doing, but they don't. They're not. They're not the protagonists, so they don't know. Once they find the way in, the uh, the American group goes to the main chamber where they think the book of the dead is hidden, while yeah. the protagonists all split up and start looking around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, grave robbing ensues. Uh, some faces get point, melted. Yeah, the uh, the Americans have a group of locals that they hired to help them. Most of them die horribly. Oh, yeah. And I think it's a little bit... I'm trying to remember if it's after this scene. Yeah, it's after that scene, uh, Jabba the Hutt gets killed, too. And what I want to say is the hor- worst way for anyone to die in this movie. And that's... Oh, yeah. uh, He's looking at he's looking for stuff he can steal and sell for money because he wants his percent of the deal. And so he finds on this wall a bunch of like gold scarabs and he starts putting them in his pocket. It turns out they're only gold plated. Yeah. uh, One of them burrows into his skin and then crawls into his brain and eats it, eats him from the inside out. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that happens. And you yeah, get this a, it's movie a, has a lot of horrible deaths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you watch as, like, the, they fucking have the thing, like, moving around under his skin, and he's screaming the whole time. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like, it's a horrible do- death, but it's for a shitty character, so it's not all that bad, but you're still watching. It's like, who deserves this? What ca- name one character in this movie that deserved to die like that? Yeah. So uh, I, he dies. That is, that's rough. That's a rough. whole bunch of people fucking die, but they find the book. Yeah, and they that's find, what matters. They find the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, the Book of the Dead or whatever. Now another thing though is because they're the ones who found it, they're all marked to die. Yeah. Like the main protagonists, the uh, the British people with. Uh, Brett and Fraser, they're okay. It's the American group. Every single one of the named characters in that group is marked for death, except for Betty, because he ran away. Yeah, so they get the book, the the asshole Americans. That then they're all you know, sort of camping together. Um, and cute librarian steals the book, and then uh, proceeds to unleash the literal apocalypse <laughs> on accident. Yeah, she starts to read from the book, and as she's doing it, the American guy with the fez, the archaeologist, wakes up and is like, STOP! But it's too late, because you can see over the horizon, a swarm of locusts descends upon the camp. Yeah, so, uh, the mummy from the mummy, uh, must owe a lot of money to the mob or something, because he starts harvesting organs. Uh, you see one guy gets his eyes and tongue removed. Mm-hmm. That's the first of the victims. Now, no yep. one has died yet. Uh, actually, no. The archaeologist guy is eaten alive by the swarm of locusts. And but the uh, the workers, the people that work for the asshole Americans, they get their they get faces eaten melted by, off, uh, as as mentioned earlier. Yeah, but I'm talking about like from the mummy's actual curse. Only one person's dead. Uh, uh, no, right, actually, yeah. also the other workers get eaten by the swarm of scarabs that attack them. Also, yeah. Basically, if you don't have a name, you're fucked in this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Even if you do, like you're, you still have only like a sixty. Like, 
It's 50-50 yeah, whether or not yeah. you make it. <laughs> and that's why I like this movie. You just never know who's going to die next. Like, it's going to be the Americans, of course, but you never know if they're going to live or not. So yeah, the uh, the mummy from the mummy starts, you know, rampaging around. It's all scary and stuff. And then he corners Cowardly Lion. And Cowardly Lion clearly knows his action adventure lore because he starts <laughs> using protection spells from every major religion. Until he uh, he starts speaking Hebrew. and that- Yeah, and the mummy from the mummy is revealed to be canonically anti-Semitic. Well, yeah, because like, uh, back in like Egyptian times, wasn't it like the Jews were their slaves or something to the yeah. Pharaoh? Yeah, he, uh, the mummy from the mummy says, ah, the language the, of the slaves. language of the slaves, <laughs> you, uh, you will be of great use to me. No, I just like that scene though with Benny. Cause he's the smartest character in any kind of horror movie. Cause he's got a fucking totem from every religion and memorized all of the fucking prayers. Oh, yeah. You know, he's clearly supposed to be like a coward, but like he's right in this moment. Yeah, he, he is fucking smart. Like I remember there's a movie, I forget what it's called, but it's a movie about this like uh this like like uh monster hunter guy and he like you see all the stuff he has and at one point he opens up a box and it's got like a fucking like things from all different religions and it's like that's the guy who's going to live through the fucking movie the the protection spells <laughs> stack yeah <laughs> he has like a plus 10 in defense but I, I i like that because it's just like you never see that in most movies there's never a character that's prepared for this exact fucking thing yeah, it's like like that is some like Batman level stuff. Like I that's love Batman Benny. levels prepared. So yeah, now uh Benny and the mummy are working together. Yep. And uh yeah, so then Librarian Lady and Brendan Fraser, uh later on when they're you know, back at, at base camp or whatever. They have Yeah, like they, a, get, they get they get saved a, by the, the Magi. Yeah. So everyone, including the guy with no eyes, makes it out relatively unharmed yeah and they you know the the two of them have like a temple of doom style like fine fine i didn't want to hook up anyway kind of moment and that like (laughs) which is a weird thing to do after all the shit that just went down hey you know these are horny times (laughs) i just watched a guy with his eyes removed scream at me god i wish i could fuck you (laughs) We get a little bit of um, a bit more edging with the, you know, the two of them. It's like, will they, won't they? I mean, they definitely will. It's an action adventure movie. He's the male protagonist. She's the female protagonist. When one of the main characters of the sequel movie is their son. Yeah, they're going to. To be fair, I I didn't read the synopsis for the sequel until after I finished the movie. Good. Good for you. Yeah, you did. You did good, Alex. You get I didn't a know if it would head. have spoilers. It does. <laughs> it has a lot of spoilers. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. After that, we get um, cowardly lion. He tricks the the one guy that got his eyes and tongue removed into meeting up with a masked person that he thinks is some kind of like priest or something, and he's not wrong. No, no. Like what happens is, uh, they all have a uh, the the jars that have the organs in it. All the Americans, that's their part of the treasure they found. And uh, yeah. Emotep is going to suck them dry to get power from them to become human again. And also he wants the jars back. So they pretend that he's this like eccentric masked like billionaire that wants to buy the jar from him. Oh, okay. 
I, I thought I thought that um Benny like tricked the guy into being like, oh, this person is gonna help you like uncurse yourself or whatever. That's what I that's what I thought it was, but Oh no, his eyes are fucking gone. They were ripped out. The mummy took For his sure, eyes yeah. and tongues and shoved them into his body. Yeah. What a what a what a fate. It's a horrible fucking way to go. <laughs> A lot of horrible deaths in this movie. <laughs> one one thing that I find funny about this scene, though, is that the mummy from the mummy feels the need to wear a mask around this guy whose eyes he removed. No, no, no. It's just for the uh, when he's entering the guy's room because he has to go to the apartment that's above the uh, the bar. Right, right. But it's just it's Benny, the one guy and the mummy in in the room together the mummy still has the mask on until it's like oh dramatic reveal oh yeah that that's kind of goofy yeah i if i was wearing a mask like i'll just take it off later (laughs) (laughs) he can't see me what the what's the harm in it so yeah the uh the mummy from the mummy uh downloads all the guy's moisture and vital organs (laughs) and uh at this point it's revealed the good sucky suck Mm, sucks out all of his <laughs> fluids uh so we can assume that he sucked out uh you know, all of all of his fluids yeah yeah some of that guy's come in him <laughs> so I, yeah at I this point that. it's revealed that mummies fear cats indicating that they operate on creeper rules yeah uh so then in the next scene discount tim curry is revealed to be a member of the templars which like i mentioned earlier the leader again i forget his name it's like ardeth bray or something something like that that's ardeth something yeah so yeah discount tim curry is revealed to be you know one of them and it makes the uh it makes the one scene at the beginning of the movie make a lot more sense when he burns the map because it's like oh you know i get it now i thought he was just a dumbass yeah i thought he was just a dickhead (laughs) Nah, he's the he's trying to save you idiots. So at this point, the ragtag group of protagonists, the asshole Americans, and the Templars join forces to stop the mummy from the mummy. Uh <laughs> the mummy from the mummy downloads another body, is revealed to be seeking the big book of secrets, so he can sacrifice the librarian lady to bring back his ex. It's like mm. you get over her. It was Jesus. it was three thousand years ago, man. <laughs> Uh, you also forgot to mention, though, uh, at this point, though, the mummy has, like, brainwashed literally everyone, except for, like, a handful of people, including oh, yeah, the, I, uh, the I British that Air down. Force guy. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. That's in, like, the next scene, I think. So, yeah, the, uh, the mummy downloads some more moisture, does the good sucky suck to become my, partially resurrected guy from the mummy. My favorite thing, though, about that scene, though... Is the guy that he sucks the stuff out of is doing like a fucking like taxi driver, like you talking to me thing the whole time. <laughs> and then he immediately gets fucking killed. That's what you get for trying to be a badass. It's like you try to be a badass in a movie starring Brendan Fraser. You're just going to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like trying to out pizza the hut. Yeah. Well, I mean, those Beatles did it. <laughs> but up, up, up. <laughs> I thought I thought you were doing uh curb your enthusiasm, but nope, it just turned into uh the I'm Mr. White Christmas. Forget the name of the song. But God, um, I bump, want bump, bump, bump. Bump. 
we should redo that, except it's just a recap of the mummy. God, can we bring back parody YouTube? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, God, I just read one of the things you put down. <laughs> That's, oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, that doesn't happen in the movie. It does. <laughs> it absolutely does. No. Uh, so partially resurrected guy from the mummy uh recruits a zombie army presumably funding their college education yeah they all got boils on them now too in a stroke Pepperoni. of genius uh yeah they they all become ugly indicating that they're the bad guys yeah um, <laughs> wow in a stroke of genius comic relief brother perfectly blends in with the zombie army which you know happens uh never again for some reason seems like a yeah. really useful tactic when they're, well, they don't know, really encounter the zombies anymore. I, I guess. Just like, just like blend in with them. Just vibe. Just have a just, just, <laughs> just vibe just, with the pox walkers. <laughs> instead of instead of trying to get away from them, instead of trying to run them over, just kind of be like, ooh, brains. What's his, the guy's name? Ooh, and then just kind of sh- shuffle away. Emotep. That's the guy's name. Yeah. Emo, I'm. I don't know. I'm. I don't know why, but I'm so bad. At, like I remember, like a couple of the names from this movie. Oh, pause the review. Name all the characters you remember. Okay, there's Brendan Fraser. Uh, That's not his Rick, name. Rick O'Connell. Okay, there you go. Uh, Evelyn, uh, yep. the librarian lady. That is uh, right. Jonathan, Benny, Emotep. End of list. These- these are all people I have mentioned the name over the past 10 minutes. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Alex. I'm not perfect. Everyone returns for the sequel. You need to know these names. Well, except I'm for not, like the people who died. I'm not perfect, okay? <laughs> God damn it, Alex. <laughs> so anyway, partially resurrected guy from the mummy downloads the last body needed to become fully regenerated guy from the mummy. They even say in the movie, Oh no, he's fully regenerated guy from the mummy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, discount Tim Curry sacrifices himself. So Brendan, Brendan and the gang can rescue the librarian lady from fully regenerated guy from the mummy. And in the most ambitious crossover in cinematic history, <laughs> a ragtag group of protagonists teams up with the British Royal Air Force to save Librarian Lady. You forgot one word there. Suicidal British Royal Air Force soldier. Oh, yeah. yeah this guy, way, his name's guy. like Wilson. And his whole Winston. thing is that's, Winston. That's, that's right. one name that I remember. I give you credit because I I forgot his name. I thought it was Win, I re- uh, Wilson. I remember Winston it. though. He's my favorite character, but his backstory is fucking depressing. He's from the Royal Air Force, and his entire fighter team got killed in a fucking sandstorm, and he's the only one left. And all he wants to do is die. See, I remembered his name because I was like, "Oh, Winston from New Girl," and then I was like, "Oh, Winston Churchill, probably a better association." <laughs> You know, yeah, like, New Girl is such a great show. I didn't. Winston I, Churchill this isn't in the recommendations of the week, but you know, check it out. My favorite character from New Girl was Winston Churchill, the <laughs> British Prime Minister of World War Two. He was not the Prime Minister of of Britain, or no, the Prime Minister of World War Two. He was in charge of it all. 
he's the he was the, he orchestrated the whole thing. It was an inside job. <laughs> the the British the 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 London Blitz was an inside job. <laughs> so anyway, uh, where 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 were we? Uh, so Winston they, Churchill. They with, yeah, the most ambitious crossover in cinematic history, uh, and then. British Royal Air Force guy gets swallowed by the Sarlacc. That's the one that you uh, mentioned earlier did not happen. It did happen. Okay? That's an oversimplification that is exact, of events. That is exactly what, what happens happened. What happens is, is exactly uh, what happened, Jared. The the four main guys, uh, Rick O'Connell, Jonathan, Ardeth Bray, and Winston are all in the airplane. They're flying. The mummy Winston uses his... The, the mummy uses his elf eyes to see a very far distance ahead of him and sees that they're coming. So he like yells he has into a plus the five sand. In perception. Yeah. <laughs> so he just yells into the sky and it makes a wall of sand with his face on it. And then he hits the plane with it. Which, and by the way, I want to see that, that scene, but it never cuts away from the bad guy like like doing you know, the mouth thing doing the mouth thing just, i guess the whole scene like oh no he's getting us uh, but it never cuts away from him just like <laughs> standing there with his mouth open yeah i uh, <laughs> possibly the goofiest shot in the whole movie i love oh, it so much dude you're gonna love the second one i got i have I bought the whole trilogy on blu-ray so i'm, I will I'm getting my this. money's worth the the third the one sequel. just Judging the by the title funky. of the third one, it, yeah, it sounds funky. Like, the third one is where Brendan Fraser was, like, well into his divorce, so you can hear it in his voice how broken of a man he is. And oh, also, God. the it's just a... It, it's not as fun. They recast Evelyn, so that's the first sin they committed. They recast and, her? Yeah. Aww. It's bullshit. Uh, they were going to get Ardith back in for it. The uh, the Magi guy, but he's like, this isn't taking place in Egypt. Why would I be there? Which is a very fair point. Yeah, because it takes place in China. Yeah, that's Why like would teaming up with Winston from New Girl again. Like this isn't a British territory. It's like it's one of it's the just, few places that isn't one. To be fair, like, it's like the guy's whole thing is he needs to defend Hamaraptra from uh, from like thieves and stuff why would he go and do something else <laughs> like the yeah. only reason he does something else in that one movie is because the mummy is trying to destroy the world spoiler alert that's the plot of the second movie yeah like something it, happens and well it's the, like having like dr doom rob a bank it's like yeah he's a bad guy that's what bad guys do but like he doesn't like him individually does not need to be doing this same thing. Like, I get yeah. he's a supporting character, but why would he be there? Yeah. So he doesn't come back. They replace him instead with uh, someone Short else. Short Brown from Indiana Jones. If no. it's not that, I will stop the movie and I will return the Blu-ray. No, it's a different character. I'm trying to remember. It's like... No, they don't replace him. They're just going to have him in there. No, that's right. I'm sure I remember my trivia. No, they just want him in there for some scenes, but it makes no list. sense because there's like six people in that group and all of them are main characters. <laughs> there's a, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to talk more about Tomb of the Dragon Emperor until we get to it. Cause that's the name of the third one. I wonder if it has anything to do with ancient Egyptians. My guess is it doesn't. <laughs> so, uh, 
Winston dies by uh, being eaten by quicksand, not the Sarlacc swallowed from by Star the Sarlacc. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't fight me on this, Jared. Damn you. <laughs> So anyway, a fully regenerated guy, that is his name at this point, uh, attempts to <laughs> sacrifice librarian lady. Uh, Brendan, Brendan and the gang find the golden book of stopping the bad guy. Uh, the book final act battle happens. Uh, they use the golden book of stopping the bad guy to take control of the zombie <laughs> priest army and uh, deactivate fully regenerated guy's healing factor. Thus fulfilling the Golden Book's destiny of stopping the bad guy. Fuck you. God damn it, Alex. It's You're not wrong, but this isn't right. Damn it. So, yeah. Also, I'm they the meet up with... at movie summaries. Uh, well, I this just, is all I just going get down. right down to exactly what's happening. You forget another important part, though, because while this whole fight scene's going on, it's like a 15-minute fight scene. It keeps cutting to Betty just grave-robbing the place. Oh, yeah, and he he gets he gets what's coming to him. Yeah, he gets a fucking lot of shit out, though. It gets, like... <laughs> the thing is, though... Well, he ends up getting... He ends up getting trapped. Yeah, but he gets all that gold. Like, there's the end scene where you see them on the camel, and it's just full of fucking gold like yeah. the saddlebags it's like he gets so many fucking bags out of there well benny doesn't get to he doesn't get enjoy to keep it. it yeah yeah but, um, because uh yeah so, so after, after they uh, kill they kill emotep and like there's the whole like he's mortal now scene and then like a chariot comes and drags him into hell yeah so that happens <laughs> yeah, my understanding he come my understanding is that he comes back in the sequel. I have no idea how, don't spoil it for me. I just want to say that it's I'm going to say this, it's, it's not as interesting. It's very anticlimactic. Well, it's it's one of those things where like the bad guy gets killed in the first movie, but they like they still try to find a way to bring him back in like a really unnatural way. Like I don't mean unnatural like oh, they brought they resurrected his soul. Like I mean like it doesn't seem natural in the story yeah no he yeah basically uh the sequel uh would you mind if i spoiled it because it's not that big of a thing i don't mind okay uh you remember the part where they read the book and he came back to life yeah does someone do that again yeah except it's bad guys that work for him that do it well hold on so then he is he still under the 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 curse then because yes. the reason that they were able to bring him back is because of the curse yes but the whole point of the third act of the movie is undoing the curse this so they don't why... actually undo the curse which makes the ending of the first movie irrelevant they don't talk about that for good reason <laughs> i guess they just pr- it's basically retconning that part so uh yeah so that happens also yeah, so they, uh a thing that they bring in in the sequel that they don't bring in, you know we'll get to that later but so right. uh yeah so they stop they, the bad guy they they the temple collapses like they do and, and uh, uh benny is uh is left inside cowardly to be lion by, yeah cowardly lion is left inside to be eaten by big old bugs yeah, what happens is also another fucked up scene. He's in the trophy, he's in the the treasure room, surrounded by the all the gold, and he sees bugs crawling out of the woodwork, basically. 
and he's got this little torch, and it, the, it starts to die off, and the bugs start getting closer. Then you hear screaming, a lot of sounds of bugs crawling, some, like, goopy noises, and then that's all. So Benny fucking dies horribly also. Yeah. Like, he deserves it, though. I'd, you know, I'd say Benny deserves it, because Benny's, like, a fucking well, he, piece of shit. He had so many opportunities <laughs> to not be the worst. Yeah. Hey, O'Connell, well, looks like them. I've got all the horses. Hey, Benny, looks like you're on the wrong side of the river, you fucking idiot. You little <laughs> dumb cunt. You fucking piss baby. The problem with the Get sequels to on. The Mummy, the problem with the sequels to The Mummy is that there's no good replacement for Benny. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Like, it's, it's like they have other characters is like the supporting cast but there's no other villain character that is the same as benny and it, that's what hurts them i love the sequels also uh tomb of the dragon emperor is a bit rough it's like a okay movie to me i like the second one because it's you know it's a continuation of the first and i love and it, it also has Dwayne the rock johnson as a, a ps2 villain as the scorpion king yeah <laughs> which you're gonna love when you see that movie <laughs> Oh yeah, you know I, I've seen the clips where where he literally looks like a like a character model. From you haven't like, seen the best clip, and I, I know have, you haven't seen I it haven't. because I can tell that the joy isn't there yet. It's during the final fight scene, and it's an amazing clip, and okay, you'll know yeah. it when it happens. And all that's right, all well, I'm going to say. I can't wait then. <laughs> Like, you're going to be watching it. You're going to be like, is this what he's talking about? Is this what he's talking about? It's going to happen. You're going to be like, that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, to tie up the the plot summary, uh, we get a standard action adventure right off into the sunset ending. You know, they're all like, oh, what an adventure we just had. And then the, the main character's dad is there and they're like, oh, this was no. such a great adventure, Indiana. And then the dad's like, what? That's the dog's name. What? No, that's, that's not what happens. <laughs> I don't know what movie you were watching. I, I like to imagine you watched the movie and then at the very end, it, it someone taped over it, just the ending <laughs> to the fucking Last Crusade. <laughs> You're like, this is the, this is still the same movie. Where did they mention Indiana Jones? Someone ta- taped over my Blu-ray copy of of the Mummy. <laughs> Just they edit it. They just go in. They just remove the final ending scene, replace it from a different movie with the same plot. Well, I guess that. Well, I guess it makes sense then that the the disc is you know the label is written in sharpie. <laughs> I I was wondering what that was about. Like it, you know, the it, telltale a, signs. You know, the Blu-ray, like the case looks fine. Like it's a a mummy Blu-ray case, but you know, the disc, it's the mummy but the the last five minutes are from indiana jones and the last crusade (laughs) and i i thought it was just a long title i thought the mummy was short for the mummy but the last five minutes are from indiana jones (laughs) and the last crusade yeah god damn it alex But anyway, so it's a wonderful action adventure ending. They ride off into the sunset. You get to see that everyone has the gold stolen from the grave that was stolen from Benny that they stole from him. So it's like grave robbing times three, I guess, because there's like so many corpses that are linked to that. (laughs) If you steal 
if you steal the gold from the person that stole the gold, like you're not stealing from, you know, an, an indigenous culture, you're stealing from a, a, a thief. So that makes you're it okay. You're stealing from, <laughs> yeah. Well, te- okay, technically there's it's enough, not. There's they, enough degrees no, they of still separation. Are stealing. Technically it's still stealing, but Benny, it is his gold because Emotep offered him all the riches in the world if he helps him. And he did help him. Good point. So technically, Benny didn't steal anything, and he was in the right the whole time. Justice oh, yeah. for he Benny. Was just, he was just making a withdrawal. <laughs> he was just getting his end of the deal, and then he died for it. What if what if the mummy from the mummy is the person that stole the gold? You know, if I could rewrite the sequel to The Mummy, I'd have it be the same movie, except instead of Emotep coming back, it's Benny. <laughs> Benny's the mummy now. No, I I like to imagine like because he because Emotep wasn't like the pharaoh or anything. He was the high priest. Yeah, but he promises Benny like the whole treasure room, right? Basically, yeah. So that's like if you were like, you know, the head of like a major church in the United States, and then. Suddenly, like three thousand years <laughs> oh, later, you're, you're resurrected, <laughs> and like you know, you know, you offer your uh, you offer someone the Federal Reserve. <laughs> I see no like, problem with this. There's no one around, like from your time, to be like, "Hey, you don't own all that," so you know you can just kind of like do with it as oh, you please. Yeah. I own the Federal Reserve. Give me money. So yeah, The Mummy, 1999. <laughs> I what love a movie. this movie. This movie will always be my favorite movie. You know, I I don't say this that often, so cherish this. But Jared, you were right. <laughs> this movie was incredible. It is fucking perfect. And I want more movies like this. This is the fucking like Indiana Jones action adventure movies I love. Oh, and there's yeah. like four of them in existence that pisses me off. Four of them. Well, I know there's the Mummy trilogy, but are you counting the Tom Cruise ones? No, no, I'm talking about four movies isn't in the genre. There's the Indiana Jones franchise. Oh, yeah. There's the Mummy. There's Deep Rising. And then there's the my current pick of the week, which I will talk about a little bit because I right, also yeah. want you to watch this one. But yeah, so let's just uh, close out this segment with uh, general thoughts. Like, yeah, so you mentioned like you know, action adventure. It's a it's a very sparse genre, and, and it's like it's they've one of my they've tried genres. making yeah they've they've tried making mummy movies since this. Like with they um, don't work because they they don't have the same level of like ham in it. You know, they, oh they, yeah, it, it's, like it's not campy. Like they. Like the reason why the mummy worked so well is because it knew what it was going to be and what they wanted to do with it. They weren't trying to make this overly serious movie. They wanted to make a classic action adventure movie that you would like think of when you're a kid, like Indiana Jones and shit. And they made it and they fucking nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. Like uh, trying to remake it as like a, like a Hollywood blockbuster with Tom Cruise. Like it's, it seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. But yeah, and I just I, I want more movies is. like it this. It is a disaster. Well, you're in yeah. luck, Alex, because I do have 
a recommendation of the week that is almost exactly like The Mummy, just different in a lot of ways, which we'll get into during that segment. But back to general talk uh, thoughts. I love the movie. Uh, it's a very campy movie. There's a lot of scenes in it that are dumb, but that's what makes it great. Uh, it is one of the greatest movies ever, and no one will take that away from it. What about you, Alex? Well, I don't really have much else to say. I I liked it a lot. It's I I wish there was more. I wish there were more movies like it. Um. So yeah, strongly I strongly recommend checking it out. Um, I don't think it's on like it's it's on HBO Max, but who has HBO Max? But uh, I got it. I got the trilogy on Blu-ray at Target for ten dollars, so you could probably find it around that price. Um, you know, probably cheaper on you know on DVD. See if you can get like a used copy or something at like at like at least like you got you gotta watch this like however you can. Like, please watch it. Yeah, like you you especially have to. if it. If it's on like Netflix, like if it's on another country's Netflix, check it out. Like I, um, I don't know. I don't use a, a VPN, so I don't. I shouldn't advertise that, should I? Please hack yeah, v- me. Please hack me. <laughs> but um, if you need to hack me to watch <laughs> the Mummy, do it. But yeah, so it's you know, a if you go. Yeah, if it if it's on like any country's Netflix or whatever, and you can connect with that, uh, definitely watch it. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much my opinion on it. Now, uh, before we get into recommendations of the week, I have to go to the bathroom. So you get uh, Jerry's corner, which we haven't done in a in a few episodes. Oh yeah. All right, I'll be back in a minute. All right. So I figured for this uh, Jerry's Corner, I'm just going to spoil all of The Mummy 2. So it opens up. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's fucking mean. Can you imagine, though? Just imagine if I did that. He'd be like going through the recording and he'd just find that. Just be like, what the fuck, dude? No, but I will give a give him a little sneak peek and tell you guys about my second favorite movie in the action adventure genre called Big Trouble in Little China. It's a uh, the third movie I think during John Carpenter's whole like apocalypse trilogy he was making, where he wanted to make different movies about the end of the world, and this one is fucking beautiful. It is about a truck driver who goes to uh, Chinatown in, I forget which state it is, but it's just this like uh, San Francisco. It's San Francisco's Chinatown in which he finds out his friend's fiance is abducted by this group of this gang, which is then revealed to be led by a 2000 year old Chinese sorcerer who has been made immortal. It is beautiful. It is just as campy as The Mummy, and there's a lot of weird shit in it, and I fucking love it. Uh, So I recommend you check that out. Check out The Mummy. Check out all the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, And if if you're interested in something more fucked up, look up Deep Rising, because there is that scene where a half-digestive guy shows up, and it is disgusting and horrible, and oh my god, who thought that was a good idea to show that to children? 
But anyway, while we wait for him, I'll just talk more about Big Trouble in Little China by just reading to you the back for it. Directed by Thrillmaster John Carpenter, this edge-of-your-seat adventure stars Kurt Russell as Jack Burton, a tough-talking, wisecracking truck driver whose humdrum life on the road takes a sudden supernatural tailspin when his best friend's fiancé is kidnapped. Speeding to the rescue, Jack finds himself beneath San Francisco's Chinatown in a murky, creature-filled world ruled by Lopan, a 2,000-year-old magician who mercilessly presides over an empire of spirits. Dodging demons and facing baffling terrors, Jack battles his way through Lopan's dark domain in a full-throttle, action-riddled ride to rescue the girl. Co-starring Kim Catterall. Uh, this effects-filled sci-fi spectacle speeds to an incredible twist-taking finish. This movie is also the reason why Mortal Kombat came to be, because the character Raiden is basically stolen from this movie. There is three characters in it called the Storms, and what they are is they're these, like, extremely powerful, like, like bodyguards of Lopan, and their names are Rain, Thunder, and Lightning. Lightning is just Raiden. Like, they just fucking, they just stole lightning from this movie, and then they made Raiden for Mortal Kombat out of him. Like, he even has the hat and everything. Like, th the difference is, uh, lightning wears, like, a, a cape. But, yeah, they just stole this for, for that game. But it is an amazing, absolutely amazing movie. And if you liked The Mummy, you will love it. It's a bit quiet now. Just waiting in silence. You know, actually, since it's Jerry's Corner and I can just do whatever I want, I'm going to talk to you guys about this. So I've got into Warhammer 40k, and I like I like the army I built. I built them around the chapter, which is a sub-faction, basically. Like, you get your main faction, and then you have to pick, like, a group from that faction, and you can build your army around that. You get special bonuses and stuff. I'm back. Uh, all right, never mind. I'll talk about that later. Are you uh, <laughs> explaining um, Warhammer? I was going to complain about something. No, I just basically told them about my favorite movies, and then I was going to talk about Warhammer, about okay. this stupid rule I found in the uh, my rule book. But let's get into recommendations. I'll yeah, let you go uh... with yours first, and then I'll talk about mine. Yeah, so I have a couple recommendations of the week for this week. Uh, the first one is a YouTube channel, uh, Dave Rubin Clips. Dave Rubin Clips on YouTube. I, uh, they're on Twitter. Basically, yeah, if you haven't heard of Dave Rubin, he's a right-wing grifter guy. He uh, He's one of those why I left the left uh, people. But generally, uh, not a smart person. Uh, there's a, a lot of videos from this channel dave rubin clips uh by the way it's a parody channel it's like making fun of dave rubin but um watch well, yeah, that just like, like they're agreeing with him <laughs> no like, these one, are my best takes there's one video that's like dave rubin versus uh versus words and it's dave it's like two and a half minutes of dave rubin being like oh this is uh this is like the butterfly effect and then he like he like names a term and then he like gives like a definition of that term but it's never correct 
Damn. He's like, oh, this is just like the butterfly effect where like if you try to censor something that draws more attention to it. That's that's not I don't think that's the butterfly effect. Yeah, I'm that's, an idiot, so that's, I don't that's know. Dry sand effect. But like yeah, is even, it? yeah, even like a normie would know, like, oh, the butterfly effect, that's like time travel, whatever. There's time travel rules. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, not not Dave Rubin. He doesn't know. There's also a video, like a compilation of him calling Thanos a leftist SJW. What? And and basically saying the left is when Thanos uh, so yeah, that's a <laughs> what the what? <laughs> it's a funny. It's a it's a funny channel. Check it out. It'll it'll be linked in the description down below. Uh, my second recommendation is a, a music mashup. I am a big fan of those taking one song and adding it with another and making a beautiful love child, much like a much like a Doc Ock Spider Man love child. Yeah. So this uh, one is hey, Leviathan X Babylon One. Uh no no you put 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 your put your glasses back on no it's uh, levitating <laughs> uh by Dua Lipa crossed with uh baby one more time by Britney Spears and uh it's a, it's a, it's a fun little mashup if you like one and or both of those songs uh check it out it'll be be linked down below and it's a it's a bob yeah it's a bob it's bob uh, bob ross He's in it too. Bob, 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 Aran. Yeah. Burp. Oh shit! Pardon me. So now it's my uh, turn. Yeah. Last recommendation. Take it away. I want, I want you to read this and try to figure out what it is. Okay. So the title is "Big Trouble in Little China." What do you think this is? Well, I see. Uh, you know, there's. You know, some juxtaposition going on. I'm not Googling it. So there's okay. some juxtaposition with uh, Big Trouble, uh, which on its own, you know, no one wants that. Uh, <laughs> but you're trying to condense that within Little China, which I'm assuming is not uh, within the borders of Big China, or else <laughs> it would just be absorbed into into the uh, the entity that is Big China. So right. it's it's kind of like agar.io, uh, you yeah. know, that one game with the blobs and stuff. So Little China is off doing its own thing. But Big Trouble steps in. Big Trouble's like, hey, I'm running things around here now, okay? I'm the sheriff around these parts. So I can only <laughs> assume that this is a biopic about Big Trouble kind of just making its way, you know, na- making a name for itself in little china kind of like a batman year one type story what if i told you that you were almost right with that (laughs) so you know big trouble big trouble has some trials and tribulations (laughs) and and uh you know not everything goes big trouble's way but ultimately in the end big trouble learns a very valuable lesson and that is when you have the opportunity to cause big trouble, but you don't, but you don't know no. if you have, if you have not the responsibility, to, no, wait, no, hold on. That's not it. If you have, if you have you're the moral obligation to, do, to cause if, big trouble in little, if China. you're able to have the moral obligation, then you like, you really should uh, be in little China. So and that's the takeaway. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China is 
the fourth movie that I would say is one of the best action adventure movies. One of the fable fabled four that I would recommend. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's starring Kurt Russell. It is directed by John Carpenter. Carpenter, And what it is... Father of uh, the bad guy from Captain America Boys. Throwing the shield and fighting crime. Oh, is he? Yeah, Kurt Russell is uh, Wyatt Russell's father. We talked about that. Oh, I thought thought you said John Carpenter. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. But, uh, yeah, no, so what this movie is about... The Russell boys are out there causing trouble. They're just all over the place. We got one in New York. We got one in Little China. <laughs> uh, we're going to have one in Old Something and a Big Something. Old Town the, Road. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. No, thinking about that, though, this is a, a movie that John Carpenter made for his personal like apocalypse trilogy where he made three movies all about the end of the world. Uh, and this movie, though, is it's like The Mummy except it's very different and i don't know how else to explain it than that it's fun action adventure which is really campy and has a lot of dumb shit in it i'm looking at one of the posters and it looks looks like a sega genesis game yeah it's great you should see the poster i've got it it looks like shit but it's beautiful yeah look at look uh, at what i'm sending to um look at what i'm sending to the discord yeah. chat that that poster it looks that's, like it. <laughs> that's my poster that's not all of it though you're missing all of the bad guys in it because <laughs> like it's just a big picture of kurt russell and then underneath yeah, him is everyone else <laughs> yeah i think i'm looking at the one that you're talking about yeah all of these look like the covers of like a sega genesis game <laughs> oh but let me tell you about this movie though so what it is is Kurt Russell plays a man named Jack Barton, who is a truck driver who's making deliveries and stuff. And he decides to visit one of his friends, a Chinese man that you lives know, I, in San Francisco's Chinatown district. I would like to think and, that this is uh, this is canon in the the Christmas Chronicles universe. I hope so, because there's magic in this movie. <laughs> After so, big uh, trouble makes his way in Little China, he makes he makes his way up north. Basically, Kurt Russell's character is Big Trouble, and he is in San Francisco Chinatown, Little China. But uh, his friend's fiance is kidnapped by a, a group that's this gang that there there's a huge gang war between these two groups in uh hold on, San Francisco's hold on. This, Chinatown. This is free on YouTube. Watch it. You need to watch that next episode. We need to fucking talk about this movie. Look, this isn't this isn't even like uh this isn't even like a, a an illegal rip. Like this isn't like a piracy situation. Like this is from the official YouTube movies account. Are it's, you fucking it's, kidding it's, me? It's free oh with God. ads. <laughs> oh, you have no idea how happy that makes me. I own it, but I still would watch it on YouTube too. I fucking love this fucking movie. But uh yeah, no, but like I was saying, though, um, this movie, though, it is about like he he they, his uh, his friend's fiance is kidnapped. And so he, he decides he's going to help find them. They're going to go fight this gang. And then it just turns into fucking like wizards and shit. And that's all I want to say. Uh, also, you know, uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat, the lightning guy. I know nothing about Mortal Kombat. 
Okay, so in Mortal Kombat, there's a character named Raiden who is like a god who has the power of lightning, and his whole like thing is he's got like this this whole getup where he's like this he's got like this like like the rice farmer hat kind of looking thing. You know, you know yeah, what I'm talking. about, I know about, what you're right? talking about. And he's got like a white tunic and everything on, and he's like he's supposed to look like like you know like a like this stereotypical like Asian farmer character, but he's got lightning powers. Uh, they stole that from this movie. So <laughs> <laughs> that character shows up and I don't want to talk any more about this movie. I talked a little bit during Jerry's corner, but this is another movie I highly recommend because it's also fucking amazing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Link in I will description, this, I guess, because it's on, it is, it's on YouTube. I, I will warn you though. This one is also like dated like really dated at some points because oh, yeah, it's from I like 1980s. Tell. So just be prepared for that. But no, it's a fucking great movie. It's fun. Uh, if you go into it expecting some like in-depth look at like Chinese culture, uh, you're not going to get much of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's mostly like watching fucking the mummy wizards. and expecting to learn about Egypt. Yeah, like they 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 do the fake Chinese culture. It's like, oh yeah, magic's real. You drink this tea, it turns you into a god, kind of thing. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, Chinese culture from the perspective of just some white chuckle fuck. My my favorite thing about this movie though is uh, even though Kurt Russell's character is the main character in it, he gets his ass handed to him the most. <laughs> Like every hey, time know, there's a fight scene, he just gets fucking it's like I said destroyed. Earlier. It's like I said earlier, not everything goes big trouble's way. And you know, sometimes sometimes big trouble has to take a loss. But ultimately yeah. in the end, it helps him learn the the valuable lesson that, you know, sometimes if you have the ability to do something, you know, it'll oh, no. oftentimes include with it as sort of a package deal uh, a moral obligation uh one might say to to do the thing and if you don't then that's bad that's beautiful alex very profound i know but yeah uh so that's my recommendation of the week alex you have to watch it because i really want to talk about this movie all right <laughs> We're we're getting into movies I love, and now I want to talk about them. It's just going to be a solid streak of action-adventure movies. Hell fucking yes! <laughs> you just, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, uh, that's that's been the show. Our recommendations of the week. Thank you for watching us with your ears <laughs> yeah uh yeah so let's just close it out hell yeah close this door so we can open another one thank you for listening to bold of you to say uh if this is your first time here uh welcome uh congratulations on making it this far check out some more of our episodes and subscribe so you don't miss the next one uh if you like this episode if you like the show if you like what we do here leave us a review on Podchaser. that's like an imdb site for podcasts uh we're running out of time for this but during the month of april which we still still have like a week of uh for every review uh that is made on Podchaser, they are gonna donate 25 cents to meals on wheels 
and if we respond, they'll donate an additional 25 cents. So leave us a review, preferably positive. But if you leave us a negative review, we can take that for charity. But just know we will roast you back, and it is for charity. Oh, yeah. Uh, check out our merch. Uh, that'll be linked down below. Uh, we we have a, we have shirts on Public. We got one design so far. That's Muscle Rock. Uh, treat yourself to a Muscle Rock shirt. Uh, you can also get him as a as a button or like a pin or a wall art. Uh, you know, just any any kind of form, and that uh, that helps us out. Keeps the lights on. Keeps me motivated. Follow us on social media. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow me on TikTok. Uh, friend, friend me on my gaming platform. Yeah, friend friend Jared on uh, Steam and or Xbox. Share the show with a friend. Tweet out our clips. That'll be linked down below in the description. I say down below, but this is a podcast, so there's no below. But in the description, there will be our clips channel. Uh, share those. That's a great way to get eyes and ears on the show. If you want eyes or ears on this show, you have to come and like comment on it. All right. Otherwise, we're not letting those fuckers in. <laughs> yeah. Subscribe. Follow us. Turn on automatic downloads. Turn on notifications for new episodes so you don't miss the next one. And um, yeah, just thanks for thanks for listening. Have good. a good 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Of course, PM. good 9 a.m. through 9 p.m. Those are our uh, official business hours. If you don't do the things we've said, uh, I will go to your house and I will steal all of your pets. That is now that one's a viable threat. <laughs> that's 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 real shit. That's that's the that's this is the worst one because this could actually happen. 